Hi, I'm Edward Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. How do we raise our children in a secular world? I have to tell you, as a parent, it is really challenging. There's so many forces out there in the culture that undermine Catholic faith, Catholic spirituality, Catholic morality. And if we want to pass on faith and values to the next generation, we have to be very intentional. And today I'm really excited to share with you a a book that just came out recently by a Catholic sociologist uh, who wrote a book based on decades of research following religious parents, Catholic parents. Uh, people were very committed Catholics and people were committed Protestant evangelicals and other faith-based backgrounds. How did these parents raise their children and pass on their faith, their values, their belief system, not just to the children when they were young, but so that it was so successful for the long term, so that the children, when they became adults, embraced the faith of their parents. We're going to take a look at some key principles I think are going to be so fascinating for whether you are someone who's raising children right now, or you hope to be married someday, hope to be raising kids someday. We're going to talk about four keys from this sociologist from Notre Dame that really, I think, shed a lot of light on how to pass on the faith to the next generation in this secular world. So welcome to the All Things Catholic Podcast. I'm your host, Edward Sree. And I want to give a shout out to those in the Diocese of Birmingham, Alabama. I just got back from the great state of Alabama. I was doing a workshop with Focus for many of the parish leaders, uh, Focus alumni, college students there, all on making missionary disciples. It was such a blessing getting to meet students from the University of Alabama, Birmingham. Thanks for that late night session we did, all on men, women, and mystery of love. That was a lot of fun. Uh, But thanks just to the the hosts in the diocese. I met many wonderful diocesan leaders, priests, uh, parish leaders, uh, religious sisters. It was a wonderful couple days down in the beautiful warm state of Alabama. I came back to like 27 degrees and snow here in Denver, here in the middle of April. Uh, well, that that's what it's like here in Denver. But it's also kind of what it's like in the culture. It's, it's kind of like, you know, Narnia where it says it's always winter and never Christmas. I don't know if you remember that from the Lion, the Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe. It kind of feels like that sometimes living in a secular culture that just keeps pushing religion, keeps pushing any idea of moral truth or just truth itself to the, to the wayside. How do we raise children? Well, uh, Christian Smith is a sociologist at Notre Dame, and I have used his works for a number of classes that I've taught. I've used it for some of the formation we use in Focus, and he is just an, a wonderful, wonderful scholar uh, who has done a lot of a lot of research and writing on the emerging generation from childhood to adulthood, what's happening with this younger generation, their beliefs, their practices. And this new book he wrote is called Religious Parenting. And I'm going to share with you a couple key insights that he offers. And I have some some good news. This is actually what he says. It's good news and bad news. Um, good news for parents is that parents exert the greatest influence over their children's religious outcomes. And that's really good news because we, when you live in a secular culture and you think of the influence of screens and YouTube and Instagram and Netflix and Amazon just goes on and on and on. You just can, as a parent, you can feel overwhelmed by all that. But Christian Smith just emphasizes, no, it's the parents that exert the greatest influence on their children's religious outcomes. Now, the the bad news, maybe not bad news, but challenging news is that comes with a great responsibility. But I want to highlight something that, that he brings out in his research that there's no other program 
religious program, faith-based program, or, or institution that comes close to shaping a young person spiritually. You know, there, there's no school that's going to solve all these problems. There's no youth group or, or catechetical program, religious ed program. Uh, sometimes parents think, hey, if I just send my kids to a good summer camp, yeah, that'll, get, that'll really help them, you know, grow in their faith. And, uh, or I'll send them on, you know, the service project or a mission trip or to this youth conference. Yeah, it's a great Catholic youth conference and that'll solve things. And Christian Smith emphasizes those things can help. They can supplement, but nothing Nothing replaces the influence of a parent, the religious beliefs and the practices of the parents. And this is the part that's challenging for us parents is that it's not just on Sunday. It's not about just what the parent does on Sunday. Hey, okay, we take the kids to church and we say a couple of prayers. It's not just about what's happening in the parish. It's not about what happens just on holy days. It's really about the parents in ordinary daily life. How do the parents, how do mom and dad live their faith? How does their faith life affect their marriage? How does their faith life affect the family dynamics? Do the children see the parents praying? Do the children see the parents praying together? Do the children see the parents trying to live what Jesus taught? This really is the number one factor for influence on whether a child raised in a a religious committed home will end up embracing that faith when they're adult. It's really the parent's own witness and example. Do the parents practice the faith genuinely in daily life? This is, again, more important than, hey, I sent my kids to Catholic schools or I sent them to a youth group. Uh, I sent them to a summer camp. Much more important than that. Much more important than, oh, I, I, I had my kids watch this video or they read this good Bible book. No, no. Children learn about religion most of all from watching mom and dad. They learn about their faith more from watching mom and dad, how they live their lives, more than any textbook, more than any program, more than any video. Christian Smith points this out that children, they're not going to be taken in by just a show of faith. You know, someone that says my faith is really important, but they don't really live it. They, they're going to see the reality of mom and dad's faith life. Do they see mom and dad making Jesus a priority? Do they see mom and dad praying? Do they see mom and dad just turning to God off and thinking of God? Do they see mom and dad pursuing virtue? trying to live virtue, saying sorry when they fall short, but really trying to get better, (laughs) admitting they were wrong, admitting they make mistakes. Do they see mom and dad kind of really striving to grow in virtue, living their faith with joy and love? Christian Smith describes it as a faith life that's authentic and life-giving. Because if a child sees that mom and dad have a sincere faith life, that it really is a priority, that mom and dad are intentional in their own faith life and in the faith life of the home, And they see it's authentic. They see it's joyful and life-giving. They encounter real love in the home. That is the number one factor for, for faith life, really taking root in that child's soul and being embraced when they're older. Now, uh, Smith in his work goes on and talks about a few other, uh, other characteristics that are also important. I'm going to talk about three more. So, but the first and foundational thing is the Parents practicing their own faith life genuinely in the normal course of daily life, not just on Sunday, not just when, you know, it's a religious program or a certain holy day. No, no, it's just, it's just a part of normal daily life. But there's three other things he says that also contribute to effective, successful uh, religious parenting. Uh, First of all, it has to do with parenting style. 
And I, as the listeners are out here, I really want to hear from you on some of these topics that we're looking at today. Uh, I'd love you to, to reach out to me at info.edwardsri at gmail.com. That's info.edwardsri at gmail.com. And, and if you hear something, whether you're a parent right now, or I'm really curious to hear from some young people today or, or people of all ages, what kind of parenting did you experience growing up? What was helpful for you? What did you find helpful? I'll share some of these ideas with the other listeners. What did you find maybe like detrimental? None of us have perfect parents, <laughs> but maybe there were some things that you found really helpful from your upbringing. Maybe you found experienced something with religious parenting that was that was off. But share that with me again. You can email me at info.edwards3 at gmail.com. I'm a parent. I want to learn from all of you too. I'm still trying to figure all this out, but I love this book from Christian Smith here. And I want to share with you what he says about parenting styles. He talks about a parenting style that that he calls authoritative. Now, I want to be clear, it's not authoritarian. It's authoritative parenting, which I, I, the way I would put it is it really embraces the two sides of love. You know, you have a, the soft, gentle side, the merciful, compassionate, a kind of parenting that is really warm and affectionate. But then there's also the harder side of love, which is where we hold our children accountable. We have high standards for them. We we discipline them. We train them. That's what it means to be a disciple. You're trying to lead someone to, to imitate our master, our, our rabbi, Jesus Christ. So there's a hard side and a soft side. And the best parenting style, at least the kind that seems to uh, lead to successful parenting for the long term for for children growing up and embracing their faith is this authoritative that that balances the two these two aspects it brings together both the hard side and the soft side of love so the hard side again we consistently hold our children accountable uh, we hold them to high standards we have high expectations for them in all areas of life you know not just faith but how they interact in the family do they come right away when we ask them to do they show the parents respect do they talk back do they complain do they whine like we we hold high standards we hold high standards for them for school for practicing music for fulfilling their responsibilities around the house their chores uh, fulfilling responsibilities their commitments to their teams or or whatever they're involved in you know we give clear expectations and we hold them accountable. That's the tougher side of love, but it is an aspect of love because what is love? It's to will the good of the other. And if we really love our children, we we want to hold high standards for them and we want to hold them accountable to those high standards. We're training them in virtue. That's what it's all about. And, and, and if they're trained in virtue, they could be free to give the best of themselves to God and to others. It's when we fail to train our children in virtue, we fail to hold them accountable, we fail to, to hold high standards for them, that we actually do them a disservice. But at the same time, we also need that softer, more gentler side of love right alongside the hard side. In other words, we're going to hold our kids accountable, but we need to relate to the children. We have to have a good relationship with them. We have to connect with them heart to heart. Uh, Christian Smith describes it as an abundance of warmth and support and care. Uh, there's encouragement. You know, there really is an emotional connection between the parent and the child. The relationship is full of affection and warmth. So these two aspects, and again, I'm using the language hard side, soft side. Christian Smith simply describes it, you know, as consistently holding high standards and, and giving them accountability, but then also having a relationship of, with, full of affection and warmth and encouragement and support. And from his decades of studies, of research, watching religious parents, committed parents, committed in their faith life, as they were trying to pass on the faith to the children, it was those parents that had both of these dynamics held in a good tension that they were the most successful. 
there's three other kinds of styles that did not work well. Uh, this is what his research shows. The authoritarian, which is different from authoritative, the authoritarian parent is the one that's very strict, very demanding, very exacting, but without that emotional warmth, without that connection heart to heart with the child. And when the children don't have that connection, they don't have that encouragement, it's hard for them to internalize their parents' religion and their moral standards, their belief system, because it just seems like a bunch of rules. It doesn't seem like something that like they, they can easily kind of internalize and own for themselves. They just had a very strict and demanding parent calling, holding them accountable, but they didn't see the connection to their day-to-day life and their happiness. They didn't see it flowing from their parents' love for them and God's love for them. On the other end of the spectrum were those that only emphasize the soft side of love. And Christian Smith describes those as the, the more permissive parents. They had lots of affection, lots of encouragement, lots of praise. You know, these are, you know, many of the parents that are just like, rah, rah, praise, praise. Everyone gets a trophy and, and, and I'm here to support you. But there are very few standards, very few consequences, not a lot of training in virtue, just a lot of affirmation. And that can be a danger as well because it, it actually ends up train, training children to think it doesn't matter what they do. It doesn't matter about their choices. And that would include even what they do with religion and faith and the choices they make in that sphere. The third style that doesn't work is the completely passive parents. These are parents that don't have high standards and they don't have a lot of warmth. And there's a number of parents out there, sadly, that, that don't have either side of this kind of parenting love. So in summary... This, 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 this key characteristic of the authoritative parent that combines the two sides of love, uh, it's really parents that lead their children with love. The children know that the parents hold them to high standards, but they know that these high standards are there because the parents love them and want what's best for them. The, the children know that deep down. They might resist. They might complain, of course, like any child does. But deep down, they're convinced of their parents' love for them. They might not always understand it, but they, they, they do have a trust that these high standards are there because their parents love them. The, the children know that there'll be consequences if they, they fail to meet those standards, uh, but they also know that the parents will never withdraw love and support no matter how many times they fall, make mistakes, uh, don't act virtuously, etc. that the parents' love and support is there. So it's really, I think this is another one of those key aspects. So we've looked at two key aspects so far. First is the parent's own example. Secondly is the parent's parenting style, that it's a parenting style that combines both the hard and soft side of love. Thirdly, and this one I think is most fascinating. I've been talking about this as I've been traveling around the country and people ask me this kind of question, how do you keep your kids Catholic? And I always say, I, I don't, I'm not sure. I'm just a rookie at this. I need you all to tell me. Uh, but but I, I came across this from Christian Smith earlier this year. Uh, he talks about parents who routinely talk about religion. They have spiritual conversations with with their kids just on a regular basis. So this is the third kind of key characteristic of successful religious parenting. Uh, the parents routinely talk about religions. It's just a normal part of their life. It's a normal part of the family life, not just on Sunday, but throughout the week, every day of family life. Um, it's not something compartmentalized. They don't talk about religion just when they're at church. It's not just like when, okay, I brought something home from the parish. They want me to talk about this during Advent. No, no, it's, it's not part of a program. It's just natural. It just kind of comes up when, 
oh, somebody's suffering. Oh, let's stop and let's say a prayer for them. <laughs> you know, it's just kind of natural, not, not awkward, not weird, not unusual. It, and it's certainly not forced. Uh, maybe that's another, another key thing here. It's just, it's just a part of the parents' authentic daily faith life, like that first point we talked about. Uh, you know, if the parents really do just sincerely think about God often, their faith is really a top priority. Religion really matters in day-to-day life for them. Then they're just naturally going to talk about it. It's going to come up at the dinner table. It's going to come up while they're driving. It's going to come up when they're just having late night conversations with the teenagers, you know? Uh, so it, do we intentionally just try to bring faith life in a very natural way? into the normal course of our our conversations with our children. Uh, along these lines, uh, one point Christian Smith brought up in his book was that we should allow children to think things through, uh, to express, you know, I, I'll, I'll say this, that I know that in my own life, because I'm a teacher, I teach all the time. I have to be careful sometimes like my own kids not to always be the teacher. So sometimes I have to hold back and just let them talk. I have to listen Sometimes I'll just ask questions, especially when they're entering those teenage years, those young adult years. Uh, I want them to really think things through. Sometimes I'll play the devil's advocate. I'll play the relativist, you know, where I'll play, uh, I'll play the the non Christian asking questions, and and let them kind of wrestle with the the weight of uh, other people's arguments. Uh, let them express their own ideas along the way, and I want them to be free. Uh, free to be able to consider alternative views and difficulties, you know, with, that we might have with certain beliefs in the Catholic faith. It's it's okay to have questions. It's I want to encourage those questions. So I don't want them fearing that I'm going to condemn them if they ask a question, or or I'm going to look down on them if they're they're saying I don't understand this. You know, I, I want them to have total freedom to explore the depths and the mysteries of of our Catholic faith, and and I'm going to guide them along the way. You know, and not just let it just be an open-ended, oh, what do you feel about faith? Oh, good. That's good for you. No, no. We're not relativist. We're going we're to give guidance. But I think it's really important for the kids not to fear that their parents are going to condemn them for asking questions. Uh, and that's another point Christian Smith makes. By the way, we're, we're talking about this book that Christian Smith wrote. It's called uh, Religious Parenting. I want to be clear. This book is, it's, people could read it. It is more of an academic book. It's not just like an easy, hey, here's four keys for, for parenting. I'm trying to break down some of the insights from his work. Uh, and he's written a number of articles on this topic as well. So uh, I'm drawing from Christian Smith's work on his research based on decades of following religious committed parents and how they were raising their children and then seeing which which kind of situations fostered long-term faith for those children, that those children would embrace faith when they were adults. So the last point, he calls it channeling for internalization. Now that's again, a little bit of a technical term. Let me break that down for you. Channeling for internalization. Parents simply intentionally direct their children, guide their children, or as he says, channel their children into certain activities or certain groups, certain relationships, friendships that reinforce the faith in the way that they want. Again, this can't replace the parent uh, himself, herself, and their witness to faith as we talked about earlier. Um, so I want to be clear. It's not just like, put your kid in a youth group. I, I, I got, I got my kid in a youth group. Oh yeah. I think it's a good youth group. Uh, I, I like the, I like the youth minister. No, no, no. It's a little more intentional than that. Like the parent actually has a good sense of that youth group, knows what's going on in it and then wants to make it, you know, guide the child to that particular youth group. It's not just sending the kid off to summer camp and hoping summer camp is going to solve the problem. It's maybe more about intentionally discerning 
what's the best environment that's going to foster the kind of faith life I want to see in my children? Uh, I'm not just letting the church or letting a pastor or letting some conference or retreat program, just hoping they're going to take care of it. I'm doing my homework. I'm really looking at it and and seeing what's going to be the best fit for my child, what's going to really reinforce faith life. So I want to be clear. We've been looking at four key aspects of successful religious parenting from some insights from a Catholic sociologist by the name of Christian Smith. He talked about the first one, most important, is the parent's own genuine witness of faith. Secondly, it's parents who... Uh, really balance well the two sides of love, a hard side of love, having high standards, but also making sure they have a deep emotional connection, encouragement, warmth, and support. Thirdly, routinely having spiritual conversations in the home, just talking about religion. And fourthly, parents intentionally seeking out good religious experiences for their children that could supplement all that they're doing in the home. But the last point we want to make is this. You can follow these four principles I just laid out here, and they're not my ideas. They, they resonate with me, uh, but, they're, but they're from Christian Smith here. But you can follow them to the T and still it doesn't go well, <laughs> you know, because parenting is a lot like farming. You know, the farmer has to do all he can to prepare the soil, to sow the seed, to keep the weeds away. You do everything you can, but then in the end, it, it's ultimately up to to, to mother nature and things are going to happen. You could have, you know, pestilence come take over. You could have a big storm. You can have a big drought. There are many things that can happen that are just simply beyond your control. And I really want to just encourage any parents that have already launched children into their adult years. If they look back and say, you know, I tried, I tried to do the best I could. Don't be discouraged. Don't beat yourself up. Again, parenting is farming. You do the best you can. And maybe you heard something here and you, you, you thought, oh, I wish I could have done that better. Maybe I made a mistake. You know, just take that before the Lord. Tell the Lord that. Maybe you tell your own child that, depending on the relationship and the particular issue. Um, you could say sorry. Certainly say sorry to God. Bring it to confession. Bring it to the Lord before the blessed sacrament. And then offer your, your sorrow for that, for that son. You are still the parent. Remember that. No matter how long that child has been away from home, no matter how far away they are from the Catholic faith, no matter how far away they are in relationship with you, you are still the parent. God has, has put you in that unique role. You can still pray for that child, sacrifice for that child, and be a witness in whatever way you can. So I hope this has been helpful here. I really want to hear from you. If there's something that you heard here that resonated from your experience, your upbringing, uh, whether you're a parent now or you're a single person, I want to hear your experience of parenting and religion. Email me at infoedwardsri at gmail.com. That's info.edwardsri at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening. Any questions, you can reach me on my website, edwardsri.com. You can always find me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. God bless.